necessary security process that protects the centre of the British state from the mad, the bad, the fools, and the fanatics. It isn't perfect, though. No system ever will be. For example, it didn't find the blue plastic Victorinex Swiss card that I had forgotten was tucked away in a pocket of my filofax. There isn't much to it. Only a rectangle, not much bigger than a credit card. But there are a couple of things in it that should not have evaded the check. I only remembered about it as I was walking into the central lobby. But since I had no intention of killing anyone, it didn't matter. Being Monday, the parliamentary gathering place was less busy than it had been at my previous visits for security meetings, or once to appear before a powerless but self-important select committee of grand-standing backbench MPs. There was still some action, though. It was autumn. The party conference season was over, Parliament was back from its extended holidays, and political warfare had been resumed. A Scots voice floated through the rest and caught my ear. I turned towards it, thinking for a moment that it was my one-woman welcoming committee, but saw instead the BBC's political editor recording a piece to camera for the midday news. In the event, Aileen DeMarco was late, ten minutes late. I didn't mind, but I spent the time chatting with a couple of the new breed of Scottish members who recognised me and introduced themselves. Both of them knew all about me, or... What they did. One was my constituency MP, a sharp guy. The other was blunt and just plain curious. It took him only a couple of minutes to ask me flat out what I was doing there, since I wasn't a cop any longer. I told him I was down in a lobbying mission. It wasn't a lie. I didn't say who was being lobbied, that's all. He was trying to frame a supplementary question when Aileen arrived, calling out her apologies for the delay. Sorry, Bob. I was collared by the chief whip. She was the opposition, as far as my new acquaintances were concerned, more so than the sitting government. The nosy guy turned on his heel and walked away. His companion was rather more polite. Miss DeMarco, he murmured raising an eyebrow. She smiled at him. There was no malice in it, only amusement. It's okay, George, she said. My former husband and I do still speak on occasion. Then she frowned, switching to business mode. How does your leader intend to react to the defence statement this afternoon? she asked. He hasn't told me. It'll depend on what's in it, I suppose. Have you been briefed? No. A frown deepened. That's becoming typical of the ruling cabal. They see us as severely wounded and hope to finish us off next time around. So the old courtesies are in abeyance. Have you been given any clue? No, but we wouldn't be, my constituency member replied. We are still the hooligans in the eyes of the PM and her hatchet man, the Home Secretary. They think we'd leak it if we were beefed in advance. He winked. 
We bloody would, too. Nobody is being briefed on this one, Aileen complained. Not even the political editors. I'm not sure what that means. I called Mickey Satchel, the Prime Minister's pumped-up, self-important little PPS, she added, for my benefit, I assumed. Not even she knows. Or so she assured me. I tried that too, her colleague said. Same result. Yes, he chuckled. Mickey is up herself, isn't she? Boots on the ground in the Middle East was the speculation I heard on Radio 4 this morning. Aileen shook her head. No. I have a friend in the Army General's staff. They'd know if that was happening, and they don't. In that case, we'll have killed another terrorist with a drone missile. That's my best guess. He glanced up at me.